So today we're going to talk about Sarah. Y'all know who I'm talking about. How, how many of you ever been surprised by God? How about this morning? I was surprised by God. Isn't it great to be surprised by God when he does something you didn't expect or even if you've been praying about it and it happens? Sometimes it's just wonderful. I, I'm, I'm the kind of person, you know, the, the love languages thing. You know what my love language is? We discovered it's, it's getting gifts. You can wrap a candy cane in a box, and I'm like a kid on Christmas morning, you know. I don't know what it is about getting something, you know, wrapped up in a gift. I'm not just, it's just the excitement of it. What is it? You know, I just love it. And, and that's, just, that's, just, that's just wonderful. I, I got this card. I, I don't know who it's from, so I'm going to just say thank you, whoever it's from. They did the same thing last year. I got a birthday card, and it, last year it had $66 in it. And I thought, well, that is weird. Why would someone give me $66, 50-75, but why six? And it took me like two days to figure it out. I was 66 last year. So if you're younger than me, this is what's ahead for you. Trying to figure. So this year I got a card in the mail. Guess how much was in it? You're so good. You're so good. You just you just follow right along with it. So so I I love those surprises. Amen. Uh, 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 it's it, it, just it's just like I said. It's just kind of my love language. You know. I, I remember when I first got saved. You know, they told me that you need to make a prayer list. So I I would always have my prayer list. And all, and one of the things I can't even remember what it is now, but one of the things on my prayer list, I, I hadn't been saved very long, just a few months. And one of the th- and every day I would go through my prayer list. How many of you got prayer lists, right? You go through it every day and you pray for this, pray for that. Well, one of the one of the, one day, one of the things I was praying for happened. And I'm like, "Oh, this is so cool." I was so surprised, and I thought, you've been praying every day for like three weeks for this, and then you're surprised when it happens. That's just kind of the way we are. We live by faith, but yet we're surprised when, when things happen. It's kind of weird. I, I, one of the first jobs I had in the church was I was, uh, it was my job to go with the evangelist and help him uh, during the services, Right? So this, this hotshot evangelist came through our church, and I tell you, we had one of those services where everybody he prayed for fell out in the spirit, people running down. I mean, it was just, it was, it was wild. I mean, just, he was just running. I, I was running, trying to keep up with him, and, and everyone he prayed for got their prayers answered, and it was just powerful. But the whole time he was praying for every, every time he prayed for someone, he, he was muttering something under his breath. Of course, I was walking with her, running with him, and he kept saying, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I can't believe. I'll never forget that. I can't believe this. And I wanted to stop him and say, how can you not believe this? This this is what you prayed for, evangelist, you know. But now I kind of understand what he's saying. We believe it, but yet we're surprised by it. And, and he was just so, so excited to see God move in such a great and powerful way that he just kept saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So, so here, here's one. Here's one for you. You're 90 years old, and you discover you're pregnant. Top that. I mean, that is a surprise. Now, God promised that 25 years before. I'm talking about Sarah, right? 
God promised that. For, so for 25 years, you know, he promised that when she was a young 65. But for 25 years, she had had that promise. It's kind of like, you know, every month, is it? No. <laughs> Next month, no. Y'all know what I mean. And, 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 and they got to the point where it wasn't going to happen. It's just one. In, fa- in fact, you, you remember Sarah tried to take things in her own hands and tried to work that out. She said, well, maybe God, you know, every time you say maybe God meant, you're probably headed for trouble. Quit trying to interpret God. Whatever he says, that's what he means. So here we go, you know, uh, several years before that, old, uh, you know, the other son was born from the other wife. Don't you hate it when there's another wife? Uh, <laughs> the competition. And, and uh, we've been living with that, with that mistake ever since. I, but, but listen, I, I believe Sarah was, I mean, picture her in your mind. Don't you think she was a strong woman? Sarah had a lot of money. She was set for life. Abraham was a very wealthy man. She lived in the best of places. She had the best tent in the neighborhood. I believe Sarah was a hands-on kind of lady. Remember, they were wealthy. They had a lot of servants. So Sarah, Sarah's running the house. How many, know, how many believe she ran a tight ship? Sarah was large and in charge. Sarah's like, all right, you know, when Sarah came out of the tent in the morning, everyone perked up and got to work. You, 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 you got this woman in your, in your mind? She's tough, and she doesn't put up with any mess, and you don't talk back to her. Did anyone have a mama like that? And, and, and she knew how to cook, and she knew how to run a house, and she knew how to run a business, and, and she was in charge, and she was just, you know, she was a good woman. She, was a, she, was, she had everything she would ever need except what God had promised. Who needs everything else when you don't have what God promised? Wow. We, we know her life. We know that God called, you know, took her out of her home in Ur, and, he, and she and Abraham had to travel hundreds of miles and had to leave just on a calling from God. Just pick up and leave home and just, just move and just go. And not long after they were there in, the, there in Canaan land, there was a famine, and they had to go to Egypt. Y'all remember what happened in Egypt? Uh-huh. Old Pharaoh had his eye on old Sarah. Even then, she was a looker. You know what I'm saying? She was a good-looking woman. And Pharaoh got his eyes on her and brought her into his little harem. Mm-hmm. And Abraham's like, you know, just kind of play along. And, but, but listen, what, what we found out was that, that, that while she was in the harem, and, and Pharaoh never touched her, but while she was in the harem, Pharaoh kept giving Abraham wealth. So Abraham's like, yeah, this is terrible, Sarah. (laughs) But if you can hang on another week, he promised me 12 more donkeys. So just hang in there a few more days. (laughs) But, But the Bible says when he came out of Egypt, he came out a wealthy man. So sometimes we got to go through stuff. But even though we go through stuff, God's in it anyway. 
And we go through stuff that doesn't make any sense, and we go through stuff that's, that's hard, and we go through stuff that's not even Bible. Come on. That wasn't right what she had to go through. But, but God still used all that to bring great wealth to Abraham. And when they left Egypt, they had great wealth. They go back to, to Canaan. And, you know, the whole thing with Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and all, the, all this other stuff happened. But one day, one day over in Genesis 17, something happened. And, and God, this is before the angels visited, right? The three angels. Y'all okay out there? I'm not, you, you, you don't mind if I don't yell and scream at you. You okay? So in chapter 17, he, he, gives, he renews the promise. And he says, Abram, come here. I'm going to change your name. And what I'm going to do, I'm, you're not Abram anymore. You're Abraham. Sarah, come here. We're in this, you know, hey, your wife is your partner in this. Come here, Sarah. I'm going to change your name to you're now Sarah. Now, in the Hebrew language, there are no there are no vowels. There's only consonants. So, really, all he did, all God did, was add the letter H to Abraham's name, and the letter H to Sarah's name. Let me put it another way. He said, "You're not Abram anymore. You're Abraham." You're not Sarai anymore. You're Sarah. Woo, glory to God. He didn't just add an H. He breathed on them. He breathed on them. Remember when Jesus breathed on the apostles and said, receive the Holy Ghost? They didn't receive the Holy Ghost just then, but the breath of God was on. Oh, sometimes I just want the breath of God on my life. If I can just get God to breathe on me, if I can just feel the breeze of the Holy Spirit, if I just know he's in the room and I know he's breathing on me, I just know that after the breath comes the miracle. Somebody praise him in the house. Amen. Glory to God. He just added an H. <coughs> and in the Hebrew, the letter H is shaped like a door. It's like the lintels of a door. And remember when they were in Egypt, he put the blood over the lintels of the door. And as he covered the door, whoo, glory to God, as he covered the door with blood, the death angel passed over and life continued in the... Mm. So when God breathed on him, it was as if he put blood on them and said, listen, you might be old, but I'm about to do a miracle. It may not be possible anymore, but I'm going to make it possible. There might be deadness in your body, but I'm now bringing life to your body. I'm going to make a change in you that's going to change you completely. Let me breathe on you you, Abraham. Woo, glory to God. Lord, just breathe on us one more time. So let's go to the story in Genesis 18 because I have to read a text. It's, it's required of preachers. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? Now, you remember the story, the angel. I don't have time to get all this. The, the three angels appear, right? So they said, where is Sarah, your wife? And Abraham said, She's, she's here in the tent. And the angel said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. She's 90. It's been 25 years, nothing. And he's 100. 
I will certainly return to you. Sarah, your wife shall have a son. But listen, in parentheses, Sarah was listening in the tent because Sarah always knew what was going on. Come on now, saints. Come on now, mothers. <laughs> Sarah knew what was going on. She was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. By the way, never describe your wife that way. It's not, not, that's not going to give you any brownie points. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So how, how clear can we be about this? Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? This ain't going to happen. And, and the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Saying, surely I'll bear a child since I'm old. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I said, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time. See, there is an appointed time. It may seem like he's delaying, but you're never denied. There is, there is an appointed time. You can't rush it, and he won't delay it. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Wow. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. But the angel said, no, you did laugh. You did laugh. I heard you laughing. I heard you snickering behind the door there. But listen, I don't think she was laughing because it was funny. I think, I think it was a defense mechanism. I think she laughed because of the pain. You know, sometimes when you're hurting and some, you know, you just kind of try to laugh it off. Here's a woman, and, and you remember what I said about Hannah. You remember what I said about Mary, that all the way back to Eve, right? All the way back to Eve, the promise, the promise that from your seed. So if, if, if a woman did not have any children, that meant for all eternity, there was no chance the Messiah was coming through her seed. And that's why they thought you were cursed if you didn't have a child, because the Messiah would never come through your seed. So Sarah's doubly, you know, I mean, she had everything except for the promise. Everything except for the promise. The Messiah would never come through her. And that that causes great pain, great pain. So she laughed. You know, even, even you know, the Bible says in chapter 17, Abraham even laughed. 17, 17, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. You know, he fell on his face like he was going to pray, but he was down there, <laughs> down there laughing. Not everyone who's laying on their face is praying. Some of them are worshiping at St. Mattress. <laughs> so he fell on his face and laughed, and he said in his heart, in his heart, he's talking to himself, be careful about the internal language. Be careful about the self-talk. Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? <laughs> and shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? So he's laying down there, I'm just worshiping the Lord. <laughs> I am a hundred. I know this isn't possible. Proverbs 13 and 12 says this, hope deferred 
makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, but when the desire comes, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred. They had almost lost hope. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, talking about hope. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Wow. Hope brings you in there. Where the forerunner, say forerunner, that's Jesus, has entered, even Jesus, having become the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Wow. Where's your anchor? What are you anchored in? Glory. I heard someone say, if you're, if, you're, if you're anchored to the past, if your anchor is in the past, you're gonna, your, your little boat is constantly going to drift to the past. If, if you're still living in the past, if you're still anchored to a past hurt, if you're still anchored to what happened back then, if you're still anchored to a mistake, if you're still anchored to what your parents did to you growing up, what, if your anchor is still back there, if you haven't forgiven, if it's still there, you're just always going to drift to the past. If your anchor is in the present, you're, you're one of these guys who says, you know, live for today, carpe diem, right? See, it's all about today. Tomorrow, who knows about tomorrow? Who cares about? I'm just living for the day. Really? You know, if all you're living for is the day, you're, what good is living for the day if you have no hope for the, for the tomorrow? What is this live for the day, live for the weekend? What a shallow, joyless life that is. I understand the concept of, you know, living in the moment and all that stuff. But if that's all you got, I tell you, it, it doesn't keep me going every day just getting through the day. What gets me going is what's out ahead. So don't put your anchor in the past. Don't put your anchor in the present. But your anchor needs to be in the future. Hallelujah. If you pull your anchor in the future, your boat will always head towards the anchor. And the anchor is Jesus. I remember this illustration years ago. I, I've been to Naples, Italy a couple of times. And that, that's a famous harbor now. But back in Paul's day, it was a very treacherous harbor. Uh, when large boats would come in, they, they really ran the risk of hitting a shallow spot or hitting some rocks. And there was just a certain channel you had to find. And if you could find that channel, you could go in safely. So what they would do is they'd put a few sailors in a, in a small uh, rowboat and put, the, put an anchor with a rope tied to the main ship. And, the, and that little rowboat would go ahead and find that little channel. And when they got to shore, they'd pull the boat up, take the anchor out, and tie the rope to a rock. And remember, the other end of the rope is tied to the ship. And the ship would come into the harbor and just follow that rope all the way safely into the harbor. 
Oh, y'all aren't getting that. Jesus is the anchor of our soul. He's gone ahead in a little rowboat called Calvary, and he has, he has prepared a path. There's a lot of treacherous places out there in life, but God has given us a way. He is the anchor of our soul. He is the hope that we have. Our hope is in Jesus, and he has gone ahead of us and prepared a safe way for us. Give him praise this morning. Amen. I'm running out of voice. Are you okay out there? Wow. Cast your anchor on Jesus. Wow. One thing about Sarah I know, she might have been surprised, but I believe she actually had faith. I believe she trusted God, though she didn't understand. For those of you that have to understand before you believe, I feel sorry for you because it never works that way. You have to believe first, and then the understanding comes. You know that. Hebrews 11, 11. Let, let, me, let me give you some word. By faith. Said by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She may have had her moments where she lost hope, but how many believe hope came back? Hope came back, and strength came back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I, I can just, just see Abraham and, and Sarah on the sofa watching the evening news, and, and Abraham looks over at Sarah, and gives her a little. See, some of you weren't watching. You missed that. Give her one of the little winks. And, Abraham. Well, what's going on here? But Abraham received strength, and Sarah received strength. Now, I, now I know that's true. I know, listen, Sarah was not all bent over with a cane pregnant. I'm going to deliver any day now. Jesus, help this woman. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, 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 no. I believe something happened to her that changed her completely. Amen. I believe she straightened up. I believe, I believe, I believe that cream she was using started working. And all the wrinkles went away. And he said, Pastor, how do you know that? I know that's true. Because over in chapter 21, this is a few chapters later, remember old King Abimelech? Saw Abraham and Sarah and try and, and, and got Sarah, trying to get Sarah into his harem. Now, I have a question for you. Why would a king who can have any woman he, literally any woman he wants, and as many women as he wants in his harem, why would King Abimelech want, I don't mean to offend anyone, a 90 year old woman in his harem? Now, the only reason I can think of is the king is 120. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> I don't mean to offend anyone, but you understand what I'm saying? Why would he want? There was something about Sarah that even at the age of 90, she was like, hmm. There's a good-looking woman there. I mean, she turned the head of a king at 90. I know people lived a little bit longer after the, you know, this is 
sometime after the flood, but they weren't, you know, 90? So this is what I believe. God didn't just fulfill a promise. He changed Abraham. And he, when he breathed on them, something happened to them. God, just breathe on us. Breathe on us one more time. Romans 8.26, I, I love this scripture. <laughs> Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our, we don't know how to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. Listen, Abraham and, and Sarah didn't know how to pray, but God knew how to pray. He breathed on them. And God, God will answer your prayer even in your weakness. Quit beating yourself up because you've almost lost hope. Quit beating yourself up because you can't figure this out. Quit beating yourself up because it's way it should have happened by now. There is an appointed time, and if God said it, it's going to happen. I'm here to testify. Glory to God. My God, help us in this place. Look at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength if he can do that he can do that for you my god first samuel chapter 2 and verse 4 the 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 bows the bows of the mighty men are broken their weapons are broken their ability to fight is no more and those who stumbled are girded with strength my what a what a, a contradiction that is but though your weapon is broke but God's going to make you victorious anyway you stumbled and fell but God's going to give you strength amen it didn't worry quit worrying about your weaknesses quit looking at the impossible and let's believe God i believe this morning he wants to a surprise some folk give him praise if you're up for a surprise give him a praise right now amen Woo. hallelujah you know Romans 828 all things work together for good to them who love God to them who are the called according to his purpose you may be tired of waiting but a surprise is coming I've been praying this week, God, let's surprise some folk. He already did it. He already did it. Genesis 21 is when it finally happened. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah, as he had spoken. For Sarah, this is three times her name is mentioned conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Now, I want you to get this. The promise was made to Abraham. But the Lord visited Sarah. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean, preacher? That means, listen, you know how guys are. They're like, yeah, whatever. But women are invested in this a lot of times. You're, you're hearing. Sarah was, in, Sarah was hurt over this. Sarah had pain over this. It was Sarah who looked every month. Am I pregnant? Is, is the boy coming? God promised this. It, it was, listen, they, never, they would never say the husband was cursed. They always said the wife was cursed. They always said, you know, if you didn't have a son, it was the wife's fault. Well, hello, science. We know now, guys, it's your fault if you don't have a son. Oh, come on, don't look at me in that tone of voice. 
But 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 the but the men always got on. It's the women that had the had to bear the pain. So here we got, here we got. It didn't say God visited Abraham. It didn't say God did this for it said that God visited Sarah and did for Sarah. He loved Sarah and surprised her with a pregnancy and surprised her with a son. God was gracious to Sarah. He knew what this lady had been through. Isaiah chapter 40. You know this scripture. We already read verse 29, verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. How many know we're living in a time where even the young people are failing? I, I guess now suicide's the number one cause of death amongst 20-somethings. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who... <laughs> those who wait on the Lord, if you'll just wait on the Lord, 25 years, they that Wait on the Lord. And wait doesn't just mean sit in a chair. It means wait on him like a waiter. They call it wait, waiting tables. Just, just, just do what God called you to do. Just do what you know to do. You, you can't just sit around and do nothing and just dream about pie in the sky someday. You're not going to go from zero to 60 overnight. But just wait on the Lord. Oh, I don't know what to do. God doesn't speak to me. Read your Bible. <laughs> There's enough in the Bible to keep you busy from now till Jesus comes. You don't need a revelation. He said, well, Paul got knocked off his horse. He got knocked off his horse because he was stubborn, narrow-minded, and pig-headed. <laughs> that was the only way to get his attention. So if you're like that, maybe you need to be knocked off your horse. We could pray that way in Jesus' name. Oh, I feel the Lord in this place. But those who... And if you'll wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know if you know this about eagles, but eagles... Only mate in the air. It's only when they're soaring that they mate. They don't go looking for a nest somewhere. They're not looking for a comfortable place. They're not looking for a honeymoon suite. They mate in the air. It's when they're soaring. Church, I'm telling you, it's in those moments of worship that God begins to connect with you. It's in those deep moments. It's in those quiet places. It's in those loud places. It's in places like, like this this morning while we're gathered around the altar that we're just worshiping. It's while we're soaring in heavenly places that God shows up and, and life begins. Life. Life. As we soar, new life begins.